Hello and welcome to this week's Community Power podcast, a series brought to you in partnership with Local Trust. My name's Chris Allen and in this series we're showcasing some incredible projects, focusing in particular on what happens when you give local people the resources, the power and the assets to make a difference to their neighbourhoods. With me as ever is series producer Beth Lazenby. Beth, tell us about this week's episode. So today we have a very special episode featuring Kim and Michelle who both work in Southampton. So Kim is the chair of SO18 Big Local and she brought in Michelle to run a project which has not only had real personal resonance for both of them but helped many parents in the local area transform their family relationships. Thanks Beth and yes first of all I asked Kim to explain to us why the Big Local area is called SO18. SO18 is the first half of our right. postcode. And so you, we're talking about a relatively small community. How we many, are. How many houses within there, would you say? Uh, we have a population of about 6,000, right. mainly and, uh, families, obviously. And what sort of housing, you know, what sort of, how would mainly you describe council, the area? council. Yeah. yeah, the old council houses, old council estates. Um, our area is made up of two big council estates, um, Townhill Park and Harefield and a little bit of another smaller district, uh, Middenbury. And they nearly exclusively were all built as social housing back in the day. And how long have you been involved with supporting the community? With Big Local about since about 2014-ish. Right. yeah. And I got involved simply because I went to a residence meeting um, about the regeneration of Townhill Park. And I got sucked into it from there. <laughs> and I had never done anything like that before. Right, right, right. So, yeah, I'm a newbie to community work or being involved with a community. Great. Michelle, how did you get sucked into this? Well, um, well, funnily enough, in the SO18 area, um, I did work in a school, in a, in a local primary school. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so I kind of knew the knew the area, knew some of the families, and, and knew some of the children. And we'd heard of Big Local, and and we approached them. I think we went to um, to a meeting, and we we approached them, and we said that that we were running um, NVR, which I'll explain I'll explain in a minute. Yeah. And luckily, Kim had had experience of an NVR course, which right. she she had had taken. So tell um, us what NVR stands for. So so NVR stands for nonviolent resistance. Um, if you think about uh, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, Rosa Parks and Montgomery bus boycott. So it's based on people that um, got things done by being very peaceful and maybe a little bit disobedient as well. Right. Um, very much about peaceful protest. It was um, the background of it. It was it was written by Haim Omer, who came from Israel, who um, had to think of a way of helping families and carers whose children were, were exhibiting very controlling, very sometimes violent behaviour. Um, but we've kind of, over the years, we, we've adapted it as well to anxiety because anxiety can be very controlling. Um, so so although it stands for nonviolent resistance, we also refer to it as a new vision on relationships. And that's mainly because sometimes nonviolent resistance can put parents off coming through the door because the first thing they're going to think is, well, I'm not violent towards my child yeah yeah um but actually it's more about any controlling behavior and sometimes it's about the violence that the the children actually now there's the massive leaf you don't mind me saying from from martin luther king and gandhi and rosa parks to working with families locally around these issues Uh, but the principle you're saying is is 
till there. And, and obviously the people we mentioned there, brave, life-giving uh, as, as well. So how do, you make, how do you take that incredible principle and you apply it to, to families and to individuals? So the main concepts that of MVR are to resist. Yeah. So we, we, we ask parents and we help parents to not react to the violence or the controlling behaviour, but to resist it. Right. to resist it as much as they can in a really peaceful way. We then say, then we want you to persist. We want you to keep resisting that behaviour, keep using strategies that we're going to give you to de-escalate things, to keep doing it. Even if you come back next week and say, well, that didn't work, we say, well, go and try it again tomorrow. Mm. So we really do put that um, encouragement around them. And then also to, to repair, because we often find, and, and myself, I, w- I was a parent that... Um, my child at 14 was very controlling, very violent, school refused. And, I, and I'd had two other children who I, I didn't have a problem with. Right. But the, my third child, nothing I did worked. And, and I, I taught in a local school as well, as, as I say. And my own child wasn't going to school. So it, it was it was kind of... How did it make you feel? Because obviously you've had two children, you had any problems. But then you must have thought, well, it's not me. Well, the the trouble is, you you yes, you you think it's it, you, you say to yourself, I'm doing all the same things that I did with my other children, but unfortunately, society around you will start looking, and um, and my own my own parents would say, well, just make just make them go to school. You know, you wouldn't have got away with that. Just just pull them out of the door. My my daughter at that point was six feet tall. There was no way I was yeah. pulling a 14-year-old anywhere. I had the school ringing me on a daily basis saying, Eleanor must come to school, my daughter must come to school. And I said, well, good luck. You know, you go in and <laughs> pull her out of bed because I can't do that. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you can't, and, and you don't want to do that. It's not the way you, of you trying don't. to get your child to, to go to school. And one thing I've learned with working with all of these amazing parents that, you know, especially from the SO18 area, because we've got to know the community really, really well. It's not that these children don't want to go, don't want to learn. It's not about that. It's just they can't manage the setting that they're going into for whatever reason, anxiety, sensory, well, we'll etc. Let's come back to that in a minute, because that's really, really important. But Tell, tell us your story, Kim, because that, that, that oh, obviously my, you, that's chiming with this, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. My, my story, well, my, mine and my daughter's story started at, at uh, kind of like 2013, 2014. We had a, a perfect storm of a year that, you know, um, we lost a, a, a very dear friend very suddenly. My mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and then only six months later had a catastrophic stroke and died. Eleanor was being bullied at school and the pressures of school was mounting on her shoulders as well and her mental health yeah, took a decline yeah. and then we got involved with CAMS mm. for her anxiety and for her um, but then by the time we got to her being 15 we were in a very very dark mm. very dark place she was not going to school she was not coming home you know she went missing for eight days um, and did you worry about losing her? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. I knew where she was. It wasn't that she was totally missing. I knew she was close by staying with other friends, but she wouldn't engage and she would only come back home when she knew I wasn't going to be there. And then she had seen somebody at school and said that she was having the most disturbing nightmares, mm. of suicidal nightmares. Yeah. 
and things escalated from there. And then I found myself talking to social services and then offering this NVR course. And obviously by then I was, and I'm a single mum. I just lost my mum within the last 18 months. It was, yeah, we were... We were very well, sad people, but um, well, I, 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 I did. I just want to say, am I your bravery? You know, you talk both you. of you talking about your personal experience that runs very deep and to a lot of pain. Thank you. You know, oh, yeah. let, 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 let that slip by without saying thank, <laughs> thank you for you. doing that because it will help other people. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I, I found myself on this NVR course, and and um, you know, it's not just a couple of hours. You have to make a commitment. It's a couple of hours. F- every week for 10 weeks it's not just a quick fix but for me it was absolutely empowering and gave me confidence and it was life-changing no other words for it really nice I can totally understand that Kim because um again when when I was going through it with my child I would sit in school meetings, I would sit in meetings yeah. with CAMs that my, my child wouldn't come to, my child wouldn't engage, yeah. because she couldn't, she was on the floor. Yeah. And um, I would sit around and I, and I would cry in all of those meetings, I would just cry because I didn't know what to do. You know, I, I had my, ex, my ex-husband who would sit and say, well, it must be something you're doing, it's got to be something you're doing. And it was just this feeling of complete hopelessness. But what MVR starts to do is it starts to give you a voice it starts to give you a little bit of 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 encouragement a bit of confidence it starts to empower you to actually sit in those meetings and say okay I've tried this it isn't working but I'm now I'm trying this through MVR and that seems to be having an effect and once professionals around you see that the parent is actually managing this the blaming and the shaming isn't as much, is it? I mean, I mean they, and they, and they well, start... you're blaming and shaming yourself without anybody exactly. else pointing a finger yeah. at you, aren't you? Yeah. I, I know, I've got five children. Um, we have our ups and downs in life. Um, I think being a parent is one of the greatest privileges in life. And one of the hardest if, jobs. Oh, yeah. I, but when something goes to the nature that you're, you're dealing with, and now I've not had to walk your journey, but can't imagine, and you don't need anybody on the outside pointing the finger at you it doesn't help no and one of the things in our mvr groups we if we can get these parents through the door is to reassure them that actually you're in a place where we are going to support you we're going to unite around you and we're going to help you and we're here and whatever you say to us it stays in this room you're in a safe place and we are going to start helping you Mm. And And and, and it's a place you can cry without judgment oh yeah. Yes. Yes. And you can you do and lots you can of laugh as well. Yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Even if it's okay, I've heard of MVR. I'll Google it. I'll get involved. That's still a very difficult thing to step forward, isn't it? How do people perhaps make that first step to get the support if they're in the kind of position you've both been in? I think well, from SO18's involvement, um, they put posters up. They talk to schools. Mm. They say we've got this amazing course. Um, you know, we, we've we've got we've got people that have, have done the course, and we can give you testimonials from them. And you know, I even think about like the posters are very are very colourful and very inviting and very very safe. Mm. And even that even that kind of helps. But we get them through the door. We make them a cup of tea, um, a couple of biscuits. You know, sometimes people. 
they haven't had that kindness for a while and, and I think as well and I think that's going to be so important going forward with the cost of living they probably can't afford a packet of biscuits it's going to it's going to be that that yeah, absolutely type yeah and I think what's we're up, helping up? all the ways with, that we can if I'm listening in Southampton I'm going wow I know where to go to but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm listening in you know Northumberland or whatever and um well, how can people be in touch with MVR? Presumably, you know, it's known around the country. There's different different places where people can get support. There, it's interesting. There's lots of places that haven't heard of it. Right. Fun, funnily enough, we're, we're in phase two of a research programme that Southampton University are doing on a, on a parent-led um, MVR group and the impact of that on, mm. on families. And it's something that even though over the years, especially with SO18, we have we have a lot of really good feedback, we have excellent feedback. What society wants, what the government wants is that quantity of that qualitative research, those figures, that's yeah. what they want. We've, we're now doing that. It's all gone through the Ethics Committee. We're in phase two. We're doing that with our wonderful SO18 parents once this um, research project is is published, mm. it's going to put NVR a little bit more on the map. Right. Um, there are pockets of NVR that go, go that are going on um, nationwide. I'm I'm a member of NVR UK as well, which um, we had a conference in Southampton two or three years ago. I was just going to sort of mention from what you were saying just now, Kim, about, about uh, just about the families, mm. and and it just made me think about the, the cost of living. So when when our when our pe- parents come into our groups they're there because they want to help their child but relationships have broken down and I don't mind admitting that when I went to an MVR course I'd stopped even liking my 14 year old child because I'd had to give up work I was on tablets because I was so depressed my family weren't speaking to me we were we were close to being evicted because of the shouting the screaming the swearing that went on in the house and you know at, at so all I was doing for my child was providing those basic needs, that survival, making sure she had something to eat, making sure she had a shower when she would take one after six months, making sure she had clean bed clothes, clean clothes, making sure I could keep a roof over her head and keep us together and pay the bills. When our parents walk through that door, sometimes that's where they are, just at that survival. And what I'm worried about with the cost of living, that even that is going to be stripped away. Nice, nice. Those those pure things that keep us alive that roof over your head that food that job money coming in however you get your money coming in what's going to happen when they come in even without that basic need and that it that does worry me it yeah, really does nice. and and what you said they're very profound again that sometimes you don't like your child oh. but you wouldn't be trying if you didn't love them exactly, exactly. exactly. I, I used to say that to to my daughter i said you know what i love the absolute bones out of you but right now i don't like you at yeah. all and it's i do not like the girl that you are becoming yeah it's the behavior it's we the don't... behavior it's not yeah it's, it's the not behavior. the child and that's what mvr does we we go back and we look for the child that we lost in amongst all of this behavior but the important thing again another guilt thing let's not let's not say don't feel guilty about not liking your child at absolutely. times absolutely you know you're still loving them yeah yeah oh absolutely, absolutely. And, and you still want to make sure they've got all their basic needs met how's that going to happen with all of this going on that really really worries me it's another layer of hardship another barrier towards helping your child's mental health and your own and if you don't mind me asking can you tell us about where your respective children are now through Uh, through all this yes 
my darling daughter, she left secondary school with absolutely no GCSEs because she didn't go to school. She wouldn't. She went on up to sixth form college, did an extra year at sixth form college, came out with A-levels, merit GCSEs, with, because she got the right teaching and the right support from the educators up, up at sixth form. She um, was accepted at Solent University, which is one of the universities in Southampton, to do mental health nursing, funny <laughs> enough. Um, but COVID hit. And that didn't come off, and she tried. To, she tried to do it for the first year, but her, her mental health took another dip. So she dropped out of university, sadly. Um, but she's working now. She's um, loving working. Um, she's met a lovely young man. Um, they seem very happy together. She's still living at home with me, of course. Um, but we're fine, thank you very much. Good, good, and Michelle. So, so when I started my MVR journey, I had a 14-year-old son called Billy. Right. And um, ha- having gone to the MVR courses as a parent, uh, halfway into the course, uh, Billy was able to tell me he was in fact Lily. And I'd made a mistake when uh, she was born. And she was able to tell me that. So um, she's now 22-year-old, amazing young lady. She has extreme anxiety. She's um, She does get, get very low. She has gender dysphoria. She is transitioning. Um, she has Asperger's. She's not that keen on people. And this world to her is very complicated, but she's happy. She's healthy. She is the most amazing person I know. And... Um, Oh, sorry, it was get too full. It would be very strange if you didn't, to be honest, Michelle. So I, I... She's amazing. And NVR saved us. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for sharing your stories, really, um, which will give hope to people um, who perhaps are without hope. So thank you both. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was Michelle McCarthy and before that Kim Ayling and my thanks again to them for sharing their stories in such a, an incredibly open and powerful way, giving hope to people perhaps who are without hope. What were your thoughts, Beth? That was definitely the most emotional episode that we've recorded, I think, Chris. And I think it's because both Michelle and Kim were so open about their personal experience and it was so moving to see the way that they have really worked to remove the stigma for other local parents who are struggling with the same issues. And I just think it is such a moving and inspirational story. And I really hope that other parents are able to find similar support um, or at least know where to look if they need to get some kind of help with their own family relationships. And so, Beth, if people do want to know more, where can they go? So in the show notes, we'll include links to NVR South's website page, as well as SOA Team Big Local's website, so you can keep up to date with their projects. And we'll also include a link to the NVR Practitioners Consortium, where you can find your own uh, training opportunities if you'd like to take part in NVR training. Brilliant, Beth. Thank you. And what about next week? Next week, we're going to be chatting to Peter Scollard, who used to be on the partnership for North Fleet Big Local and then Tad Local Councillor and is now the mayor of Gravesham in Kent. And he has some very interesting perspectives on how local councils and resident-led partnerships can work together. 
Great, Beth. Thank you very much indeed. Yes, and we do look forward to you joining us next time on the Community Power podcast brought to you by Local Trust, discovering what happens when you give local people the power, the money and the assets to make a difference to their own neighbourhoods.